Coming to you potentially live from London. Live if you're listening to it live. Not live if you're listening to it on a recording. Jeff is live, but I am dead inside. So <laughs> all is as it should be in the Meet the Soccer's universe. It's exactly as you foretold. I know. It's like some people are born to be miserable, and I'm one of them. That's true. Um, and yeah, this was, you were pretty true to form. Uh, although I have to say you took it like a champ yesterday. Yeah. yeah let's get to why I'm miserable and why Jeff doesn't seem miserable. Shall we? Uh, <laughs> so we, we are, we are potting to you live from Pottington station. Uh, Jeff's house oh, in London. That's good wordplay. Thank you. I just came up with it. Um, we are in London. We are in separate rooms. We do not know how to do podcast sound tech. I'll tell you what, that, that Bobby Lee sure makes podcasting look easy. He just sits in the same room, and he talks to people, and it sounds great every time. So you expect me to believe Mark Maron's, like, uh, great at computers? <laughs> I, I honestly wonder. Well, no. I think he's, like, the last guy who had a podcast and doesn't know shit about the internet. Because, like, he, he had a radio show, so he probably had some, like, intern that came along and did it for him, and then... He became wildly popular, and now he never has to. Man, why does everyone else have it better than us, Jeff? Why does every single person, starting with Mark Maron, have it better than <laughs> us? <laughs> Mark Maron and the others all have it better yep. than us. Mark Maron, best. Best life ahead of us. <laughs> then Chris Hemsworth, uh, Michelle <laughs> Obama, and then us. Obama right. is surprisingly low. That man is deeply depressed. Well, get it. speaking about deep depression, we just had the fifth mm. ever. I think you were attempting to explain what we were talking about and just decided against it. <laughs> Before those keeping track at home, we were talking about the Manchester United Arsenal game that it transpired yesterday. And it was a very close game with wild swings in both directions with lots of VAR action, which is what the fans want. Um, both stealing a goal from Man City, or from Man, City from Man United and t giving Arsenal. I mean, it really it gave and it took, didn't it? Because it took a penalty away from Arsenal. It didn't award a penalty that some have said should have been a penalty on Iannaccio. And I have to say, upon Iannaccio? further review, I want to say. Is he on Leicester? Who am I thinking? Garnacho. <laughs> we had like multiple uh, Iannaccio puns Jeff and I were debating as the title for this right and, before. And so. you were so polite to not say, what are you talking about? You just were like going with it. Like, well, maybe we have better ideas than that. Um, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> But, but yeah, like the, the VAR giveth and the VAR taketh away, especially when you're playing against Varsenal, uh, which is oh. a, a new nickname I just gave you that probably doesn't have any basis in statistics uh, overall. But it was, it was a, a match that Jeff and I were both in attendance for live, which so rarely gets to happen. And it's the first live El Meet the Sacaricos Derby that we attended together, correct? True. First, very first. I've been to one, but, you know, by myself. Right. Now you've been to two, and if I keep going with you, I'll never catch up. Both of them were 3-1 scores at Emirates. Just this is wow. the first one that hurt. <laughs> this is the first I got to get you I got to get you an Arsenal season ticket. I don't know if that's a good idea. Uh but I will allow you to transition into Jeff's gloating corner. So take it away, Jeff. Say all the things that make you happy. I will try not to listen. I'll say this. I think you guys very easily could have won that game. I think it was a close game. I think it was an action-packed game. That said, if I may be a slight dick, I think we were, like, easily the better team. But it was just the kind of game where a few millimeters here and there kind of determined the outcome. And there were some really, you know, there were some close chances on both sides. So 
Is it is it problematic or bad that you said let me be a slight dick and I was like or macro penis? <laughs> I didn't hear that, but that is okay. good. Well, well, I didn't know it was it was in my head. I, I'm sharing it now. Oh, okay, that's why I didn't hear it. You didn't hear it because I was concerned. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with you. Like I I feel like my nature is to try and call it like I see it instead of wearing purely red tinted spectacles. Uh, I do think that we would have been even more competitive without, you know, kind of an injury crisis happening yeah. at the moment, which happens. Uh, and a lot of our important signings have arrived only just or arrived two weeks ago with a back injury or arrived too late to even be registered for the match. Uh, I don't know if that would have changed the outcome, but it would have given Ten Hag more options, which you know can't hurt. Yeah. yeah, it felt like a game of fine margins, but being away to Arsenal always got a hand advantage to a good side at home. So yeah, uh, what can I say? I mean, it it felt like I could only recognize two or three. Before before the, the substitutions were made, the second half, two or three periods of play where United kept the ball for like a minute or two. Otherwise, yeah. it was it was very pinball. It was it was nice to see like the ball was moving around on the carpet, and it was very like it was it was it was a nice game to watch aesthetically. I will say, for you, for your team, your team had way more build up. You guys had some nice counters, but you were, you know, you're playing an away game. It's like releasing Rashford with a great ball, and then it's up to him to try and shimmy his way through three retreating defenders, which only <laughs> works when he's in peak form, I think, when he tries to do it without that. He did have that one moment of magic where we went up 1-0. Sure. And the stadium went silent, and I was like, oh, are we going to steal this? <laughs> That's funny that you remember it that way, because obviously we both have very like flawed, biased memories of this game, um, and that's not even discussing our alcohol intake or anything else. But um, I was just going to say that I kind of remembered that moment as there was like this initial what the you know moment in the crowd, and then I remember the Arsenal fans roaring back, and it felt like as much as this probably isn't true, it it felt like the momentum of the crowd like led directly to the equalizer you know what i mean like it just it, it i felt i remember there being kind of a groundswell afterwards where i was like wow even the fans are going to be into this the whole way even if we're going to get like kicked in the they butt didn't today. feel devastated they felt annoyed that's interesting okay so you kind of remember it in a similar way to me then actually but no, you do, do remember, remember that but when the goal went in it went oh, yeah. like for like oh, five yeah. ten seconds of like total silence after it had been cheering constantly <laughs> so i noticed that and as so, so if you're listening at home let me help you paint this picture so i have a tattoo you can't see on the podcast but it's basically a scarlet letter identifying me as a manchester united fan uh <laughs> i'm standing next to jeff in a uh what was it uh urban outfitters weirdo hoodie in 81 degree <laughs> temperatures to try and cover my arm up and i'm not even this man refused a light long sleeve shirt this man refused a light long sleeve shirt I, I did refuse that but i but i'm standing there with all the arsenal fans i can't even go like yeah yeah <laughs> you were remarkably like i have to compliment your poker face because even like i've done this before i was in the away section at crystal palace for the first game of the season last year and I didn't, I was good. I didn't cheer for the Arsenal goals. Like I was like, cause I could kind of see it coming a little bit in the play. And I was like, all right, steal yourself, be cool. But what did get me was there was one point where Jesus had like dribbled two guys, like flicks it over to Odegaard who clearly should have shot and buried it. And instead he like plays around and gets Odegaardy. And I just went, come on, dang it. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, get it, get it out i mean get it out of come here. on palatians come on yeah. palatians <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, you, you you don't know who's around you right like even if you feel like the general vibe of the crowd is okay and positive or like 
tolerable. You don't know if the guy next to you is going to be the one guy with a knife who's in a real bad mood that day. And yeah. uh, Roy Keane was assaulted at this match, so maybe I should have been afraid. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy to think that someone is he, that it's even possible to consume enough alcohol that you go, you know who is a good person for me to fuck with right now? Is that pussy Roy Keane. The inspiration for Roy Kent? Come on. <laughs> I would love it if it was just Brett Goldstein just embracing the character, <laughs> just growling in Roy Keane's face. And he's, then getting his ass nice. He's too nice a guy. Um, um, but but basically, yeah, I was trying to keep keep my shit together, keep it quiet. But then Arsenal responds immediately with um, an Odegaard goal. Jeff, I didn't even see it. Did you see it? I wasn't even looking in that moment. I'm trying. I have I have like a crystal clear vision in my head of the Jesus goal and the Rice goal that came later to you know go up. I'm trying to remember the Odegaard goal. I need to it like within it was within two minutes of the Rashford right goal, solo goal. I remember that because I just I just remember thinking like oh we're back okay this isn't gonna be because you know when you give up that early goal is like maybe we're just gonna watch forty five minutes of bad football and then lose. I hoped, but that's uh, what you were hoping for. You but unfortunately, it's the same old Skyler. So. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's basically two two tales of the same match here. We go up by a goal and immediately look scared. And while we're playing on the counter, Arsenal was imposing for big big sections of that match, um, especially after some defensive subs were made. We already started with uh, an injured back line. We were missing our starting left back, our, our starting center back in Veron. Then we lose Martinez at, was it halftime or early in the second half? We lost him. Lindelof got a yellow. He got taken off. We end up with Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans, who is 35. He's basically Jeff in my age. Uh, but that's the center back partnership against like really great pacey Arsenal attackers. Uh, it felt like the loss was coming the second those changes had to be made. So, back to my earlier comment about injury crisis. Any team missing most of their back line is going to concede. Except City. Should so, we spend yeah. some time bitching about the ref? I kind of don't remember the ref. I just remember feeling like I'm... A what metaphor will not get me in trouble here? Uh, <laughs> I, I was an other person surrounded by mainstreamers. <laughs> oh, I see. So so basically I wasn't focused I was focusing on like the big moments of the match, but like very aware of what was happening around me. Constant screaming for the death of the ref. Uh lots of, like a few guys were just like clearly real mad. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't everybody. It wasn't the collective, but it was like ten dudes that were like Saying all sorts of stuff that, you know, had me on edge. There is, there's a chippiness to a Premier League game that I don't think you see outside of Philadelphia in America, maybe in Boston. But like, there, there's always, there's a current in the air where you just feel like everyone is two dumb things away from getting punched in the teeth. Like, it doesn't take much from what I can tell. And, it's a it's a real credit that neither of us have ever been punched in the teeth at one of these games because we are exactly the demographic. We are survivor as fuck. We both have but very punchable and dare I say American looking faces. I do wonder, Jeff, if it was the opposite fixture, how would you have felt? Do you think like any different? The same? You mean if it, if this was at Old Trafford? We were in Manchester trying to find food. Failing. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say I feel hungrier probably based on my knowledge of Manchester. But if you were at Old Trafford and it was a big match where you know lots on the line for both teams, and United goes behind, ties it, like the whole string of events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the home end, which is you know three quarters of the stadium, but like even walking out after the match, I felt like I was like. A Jedi with the full hood wrapped over him, like oh, yeah. attention. 
to that band? It's, I, I guess now I've done it for an away game where we lost and an away game where we won. And that is a weird feeling of like being mixed in with the crowd. You didn't even get a win. So they're all like so full of themselves and screaming and singing. And you're just like, let me just get home. Let me leave. Dying. <laughs> let me leave. Like, it's like you literally, for me, I just want to leave the vibe of like a triumphant Chelsea or City or whatever, you know, insert some terrible team. Um, but I just want to like leave where that is a thing. <laughs> so imagine the multi-mile walk home we had where yeah. most of the rest of the supporters are also walking home. It's like, and I, I was starting them up. I was starting them up in a lot of songs. So that probably was hard for you. Yeah. Jeff's a real piece of shit in case you haven't been following the pod. Uh, I did. I feel like I did. I celebrated like 5% less because you were there at the game. Cause I was like, well, this is really awesome, but I don't want to be rude. <laughs> Before the match, I was like, Jeff, if you come into a situation where you have to kick me, just like pick a less breakable part of my body to kick. Yeah, we did have a plan, which is <laughs> for safety. You know, we've seen we've seen all the Sasha Baron Cohen work. We know you need to have a, a way to disappear when people mm. get mad at you. Um, but all, all overall. Other than the result, it was still great we got to do that. Uh, we each paid a small fortune to make it happen. We did. It's, I hate to say it, but the more, I say it all the time, but it's never going to be untrue. The more rules you have to keep out touts, the more people will need touts to get around the rules. What are touts? Scalpers. Oh, scalpers. Oh, That's what they say here. They call British? Them, did you go British on me? If you're trying to keep touts out the queue... Then, <laughs> is is it not just hashtag touts out? Is that going to be the campaign for kicking racism out of soccer, but for scalping? They were going to, but it sounds too much like Scott's tots, and it bummed everyone out to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's tots, the office episode. If you haven't watched it, pause the pod. We will wait. Uh, Welcome back. How was it, yeah. Scott's tots? Pretty awkward, huh? You you feel sick to your stomach now, don't you? Yeah really triggers the old Baby white Scott, guilt what you gonna do um <laughs> shall we keep going jeff i feel like we could talk a lot about this trip we could uh, but i feel like the match i have nothing more to say oh i have one more thing to say and i'll give you a counterpoint mm, okay good rasmus hoyland coming over for 70 million something from atlanta mm. which, as we all know is the above ground portion of atlantis yeah, uh, the found city of Atlanta, <laughs> Atlantis, uh, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta. I don't know, Atlanta. He he was delayed in his debut because he had some early signs of his back being broken in half, which we're familiar with hmm. from Marcus Rashford slash our personal lives. Um, <laughs> he came on, and Jeff, what was your impression of him? I saw a very pacey raw but potentially terrifying in the future forward i really think that it's a good look for you and i think not only i, I think it just adds something to that entire because if there's anything i think there's sometimes a complacency about the forwards at united where like in a vacuum i think rashford is a great player but he's prone to disappear for three games because like i don't know Especially when he's playing up top, which is not his comfort zone. So I, I like the idea of having a chaos agent who's just going to run his balls off all game. Like, I think every team can do with a guy like that. He, he's apparently a good finisher. He, he has, like, one of the highest goals per 90 rankings in uh, Serie A, even though he only subbed for half the season. But, like, that's, I kind of wish this match had happened two months from now. Okay. I think I think it would have been I don't want to say more even because who knows what's going to happen in two months. But like I think he would have been more ready for it. Maybe he'd be had been starting. Yeah. Because um, Martial's not it, right? Like you weren't afraid of him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I he's he's a guy where it's almost the same level as Deli Ali. Where I'm like, what the fuck happened to this guy who was terrifying three years ago? Should be in the prime of his career right now should be, you know, just setting the world on fire. And 
I don't know. He's 27. You shouldn't be washed up as a forward. Yeah, this remember? should be the very prime, you know? I think he scored against, was it Liverpool in his debut season? Like, Martial, like, we just take goals from the game. Now it looks like if he gets one, it's because someone put it on a platter for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. I don't know. Do you, th- do you think that's what it is? Do you think it's a mentality? Like, he, he doesn't want to take it anymore. He doesn't have the same hunger. Well, injuries, but, like, yeah. I think if he was at your team or Chelsea or City or even Spurs, he'd have been gotten rid of. But we've just been settling for broken parts for a couple seasons now. Uh, so it's a bummer. So that's what this section's called, the same old Skylar. Oh. Um, I Instead of a counterpoint to that, I am just going to talk about a different point, which is um, I have always, as a guy who spent way too many time looking at my own instant replays on FIFA, um, I can tell you that where you say the ball is kicked when you're lining up an offsides replay can really change. Because they say that it's 0.02 seconds that you're looking at when you're looking frame by frame because they shoot 50 frames per second. And so when you're looking at that instant replay, the jump between one picture and the other is 0.02 seconds. In that amount of time, someone on Reddit did the math. I'm sure it's right. Um, A player moves five centimeters. So that is the new, like at a full sprint there, that's the, you know, it's, it's the difference between here and here. But we have seen guys routinely in the VAR era get goals called back. One of them happened yesterday. Um, not with Ianacho, luckily, but with Garnacho. <laughs> um, but it was Garnacho, right? Yeah, it was Garnacho. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that to me, if we know that the margin for error is five centimeters, then we shouldn't be calling people off sides for things that are less than five centimeters. You know what I mean? Like the technology has a grace period to me just built into it that we should be taking seriously. Are you uh, familiar with the, the rules that they're trialing for, I think, next season? Which is, it's the attacker can be what we know as offsides as long as his whole body as an offside. He needs some part onside instead of yeah, everything. Yeah, in a way, is maybe easier to enforce. Yeah. It means defenders would have to be on their toes, though. But maybe that needs more goals. I don't know. Well, how, how do you feel about that? I know that's kind of the point you're walking up yeah. to. Well, I mean, it's 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 a slightly because I, I think that you'll have the same problem with this. There will still be close calls, no matter what you decide the call is. I do, I kind of like the idea of just giving. I don't know. I, I I would rather watch a game with three goals than none. You know, so like every little tweak and advantage you can give to the offense, I feel like generally that makes things better to watch. So maybe and it's in, a good idea. In theory, it also really suits. Like the rule will help pacey teams or teams yeah. with pacey players because they're the ones that are trying to make runs and to beat the the back line. Your slower target forwards probably less interested in doing that. Um, I mean, it does. There's this whole style of play where you have like a 39 year old Italian man who's extremely handsome and he's playing center back. And he's slow as fuck, but you just sit back the whole time, and like, it makes you wonder if it's gonna make some make some people extinct. You know what I mean? Like, it's gonna become an even younger man's game because you gotta ha- you got to have pace to play anywhere on the back line. Like, really, I think that that should be the case, though. I mean, it seems like it would if you fully sort of weaponized this game. Like, it would. Oh, it wouldn't be from a, from a philosophy standpoint, I agree with you that like I think that. Pace, it makes the game exciting. Ergo, more players with pace equals more exciting match. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, you've watched a fast back-and-forth basketball game versus, you know, Sunday pickup. It's yeah. way less watchable yeah. when it's slow. True story. Um, Speaking of crazy, wonkish uh, refereeing ideas, do we have time for a quick aside? We have about 40 minutes, so yeah. Um, I was going to say, do you have strong opinions on, I believe that this is Wenger's pet project now within FIFA, but turning throw-ins into kick-ins because it's meant to be an advantage for the throwing team, but it's turned itself into a disadvantage where that's when you get pressed. 
Whereas like, so Wenger has said that you should put the ball on the line, like close to where it went out. And then you should like, from there, basically you get like an indirect free kick. So you can't score, but you could technically on a throw in, it's a corner basically. Can you throw the the ball in the goal? Like if it doesn't touch anyone, is that a goal? You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure I, think I would obviously like the side when you think about it, the sideline is so far away from the goal that I would actually be okay with it being a direct free kick because, like, if you can ring it up from 40 yards out with the goalie knowing it's coming, like, I want to see that. The FA says a goal cannot be scored directly from a throw in. It's got to roll but, over somebody's boot, but right now, a corner in the, the offensive end of the field is effectively a corner or sorry not a corner a throw-in is effectively a corner with those rules anywhere in the offensive side of the pitch you can score from a corner though right you can because you get like, the olympiaco yeah yeah you, i mean it's got to be that weird yeah but but in, in this case that would mean like right now let's say that there's like somewhere between 10 and 20 corners a game yeah that's the thing it would slow down the game wouldn't it it would, but there'd be like 50 corners a game effectively if each throw-in had the same impact. That's interesting. I mean, I'd be interested to see it. Yeah, it, I, this is the kind of thing that like, it, there's got to be like a under-19 tournament somewhere that they could trial this at, you know? They always, would... trial, they always trial it, like in the shittiest leagues, like they're testing cosmetics on smaller animals. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I don't want to touch that even though I do, but <laughs> that's what those animals said. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Next year for Syria C, we're going to do uh, only drag. Everyone's going to play in drag. We're going to see if it ups the ratings, <laughs> if it, more goals per game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I like seeing the experimental ideas. Every sport. I'm ready for an is. XPL, you know, like a Vince McMahon owned Extreme Premier oh. League. Where like right in front Mario of the goal, Strikers? there's a trampoline, you know, and <laughs> was there was there a soccer game on video games that was like a violent soccer game? There should have been. That would have been fun, like an like an NFL blitz or like a oh, what was the what was the basketball one with Bill Lamb or was it Bill Lambier? No, well he was in that too, I think. But there was one that was like Bill Lambier's like street tough brawl or something, and like in the whole game you're like pushing each other and stuff. I, I had a Jordan versus Bird, which was a one-on-one basketball game. Fun. Wow. <laughs> they really, like, they had such cool ideas for video games back then. And then this is, like, relevant to Skylar and I's recent travels because Skylar has a emulator that has, like, 100-something, I don't know, what, 400 video games on it. Let's, let's not say what I have or don't have over a legally binding podcast, Jeff. A legally binding? Oh, this is a legally binding one? We were getting this yeah, one notarized? Oh, shit. I'm yeah, sorry. We, our, our lawyers listen to every pod, which is you know, a problem. <laughs> all of our lawyers, I would say, listen to all of our pods. That's true, in a sense. Um, um, where were you? You were talking about how I have potentially a video game that I have not affirmed. We can't say whether or not he has or doesn't have it, but if he did. I know and, a video game. And if, if I were to have borrowed it, then... It would be fair to say that there were lots of fun-looking games that made me nostalgic that had the worst fucking gameplay in history. And, like, honestly, like, the graphics, I don't even mind. I kind of, like, prefer, like, shitty old graphics in a way because it's, like, I like the aesthetic of it. But the games themselves are, like, let's play tennis. Boop, boop. Like, you can't play tennis. Boop, boop. Like, you suck at tennis. And it's like, you can't even get the ball over the net. And you're like, this doesn't even make sense. Why isn't it trying to, like, teach me or something? And you just quit. What What do you think is the best individual sports game you ever played? Any sport. Individual sports game. Yeah. I need the year. I need the franchise of the sports game. Wait, you mean like to play alone or as in to play one on one like Larry Bird and Michael Jordan? No, okay, no, no. Not... Just like, is it like uh, Madden 97 or whatever it is? NHL Live. Or no, that was maybe NBA Live. I, I was a huge, huge fan of the football and basketball games, like very American. The 2K ones? No. So I liked Madden for football. And I was like, I would say I was like, pretty damn good at madden through like 2000 
eight maybe. And then, but, and then at the same time, I was also really into like the, uh, the MLB games and like those games. Do you know, you don't remember? I think that was 2k five that I was like playing a lot. So from the Sega 2k group. No. Well, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The software Sega. I was playing it on PlayStation, but yeah. Um, but those ones are fun. I mean, the baseball one, like I can, a good video baseball game you can play for hours. There was, I think it was, I was in college at Boston College. This is the year the Red Sox reversed the curse, but it was MVP Baseball 2004. You know what? That's what it was. That's what I played. It wasn't 2K. It was MVP. Because the pitching was easy. That was, that was the whole thing. Modern games want you to like press five buttons to throw a pitch, and I have no interest in that. I just want to like, yeah, I want to be able like pretend I know how to pitch and I'm just choosing how to pitch. Like, I don't want to like have to learn some fake laws of physics. Like, right. And there's some error ratio. It's like 20% off from where you hit it based on where you get it on the power meter. But like, I just want to bat. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone here just wants to hit a home run. That's all I want to do. I actually, I enjoy the pitching side of those games too, though. Like, especially if you're playing two player um and like the like the idea of like trying to like trick them with the timing or like get them to reach for a slider or something like that like i enjoy that fun stuff i wish we could play mvp baseball 2004 live on the podcast right maybe 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 one day we'll start a patreon and then we'll put that over there as you can you can watch us game the way you say that makes it sound like it's like a very prestigious tequila company (laughs) (laughs) yeah Sorry, uh, is that what you did? You think I meant Patreon, the website that helps podcasters? Because I thought I, I thought, thought we Patreon had pretty clearly said. <laughs> Wait, I Patreon? Patreon? Like you? Pay? It's not Patreon. No, you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even sure what you were making fun of me for. Um, I feel like it's more authentico to pronounce it Patreon. But but they're patrons and you're paying, so the A is really an important. Yes, but they've chosen the word Patreon, haven't they? <laughs> so... Am I am I patronizing you or patronizing you right mm. now? <laughs> Both. Um, all right, Jeff, you want to talk about a Highlander movie we're gonna make? <laughs> oh yeah, um, I will tell you all about that. We can enter that into the the canon of this podcast. But first, I'm gonna tell you about how it's difficult to watch soccer games in the United Kingdom where soccer comes from. Um, would you like to elaborate on that at all, Skylar, or should I riff for a bit? I wish I could dive into like a Scottish brogue right now and really nail it, but we know Neil oh, yeah. sometimes. And that, I was, that was bad. Yeah, that sounded like you just had indigestion, so we'll let that slide. Uh, <laughs> so we were in Edinburgh Bra, for the Edinburgh Fringe Fringe. I nailed, I nailed the pronunciation of the town. Could not yeah. nail the pronunciation of the English word I said after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will trust you on Patreon, then. Uh, listen, I know Patreon because they suck money out of my wallet every month. Do they? Um, so we were at the Fringe Fest looking at comedy, watching comedy, walking around, not getting into certain shows, uh, getting into others. You make that yeah. sound very like Night at the Roxbury that we couldn't get into the show like because of how we were dressed or something. I mean, do you think that I was part felt, of it? I believe I personally believe that about myself. You looked fine, uh, oh, but I, I looked like trash. So we were there to watch comedy, but there was a, a set of matches. A match weekend was while we were busy watching comedy shows, and so we thought, let's go get a drink at a bar. We'll try and watch football at the bar. 3 p.m. kickoff. To be fair, I specifically thought, no, we won't. I, I think I told you that directly, and you were like, Jeff, I'm in denial. I, but we went to a bar, and on my phone, Jeff, what was I watching? You were able to watch your game, and I was able to watch you watch your game. It was great. I know. Well, if only you had your own VPN, Jeff. If only. So, uh, VPN got me in to watch what was it? Forest? Yeah, it was the Forest match. We ended up going down 2 0 inside of 10 minutes. Mm. Uh, so Jeff wasn't even really watching the whole thing because I was struggling to watch. It was pretty bad at first. But then we got a goal back just inside of the first half. Second half begins. 
And then didn't we have to go to our comedy show? Yeah, I was going to say, like, for me, I basically, I just, I think I've gotten used to giving up on seeing the game completely. And you were, like, more dedicated and more, I think, righteously angry, if I'm honest. Because I think that that was something that we marveled about during the course of this is, like, why is no one upset that they don't get to watch the thing that they love because of a dumb rule? Like, And I pay for these services. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here especially, it's like, I'm sure that there's some amount of like, I mean, definitely not to the same degree of American socialism when it comes to stadiums, but like, there must be some amount of like tax invested in police and, you know, urban planning and all this other stuff that goes in and around these stadiums to get less than some guy anywhere else in the world is kind of insane. Less than some douche from L.A. I know. Dude, that you're living the high life. Even me, like, I used to complain, but when I was in Austria for, like, 15 bucks a month, and then it escalated to 25 without telling me, didn't like that. Um, but I had this, like, Premier League service, and it came with a bunch of other sports. It came with, like, skiing and shit like that because it was Austria. But I could watch just about every Premier League game, and that was it. And it's, like, it's to me, it's just strange. It's, like, why are you making a product that we're not allowed to buy? Just give it to us, you know? You'd hope that with the next uh, TV deal expiring in the semi-near future, right? Yeah. The Premier League is thinking, let's make the initial investment, create our own direct-to-consumer streaming service, get our own set of commentators, do the whole thing, own the whole thing. Our customers pay, let's say, 15 bucks a month to us, Everyone gets to watch every game. Like, I feel like the consumers paying less to get more. The league is getting more. The only losers are BT Sport or Sky Sport or the Murdochs or some other douchebags that I don't care about. Yeah. But that's the thing is, like, unfortunately, that's a fair fight. Like, it's like the Hollywood strike where it's like, who's going to win the 150,000 hottest people in the world the 200,000 funniest writers in the world or eight billionaires that no one enjoys. You know, but the you sad thing is, this? it's the billionaires. You, you know, you could, you could even do this. You could make it 20 bucks a month, all matches. Five bucks of the 20 goes to the lower football pyramid relative to their place in the pyramid. And That would be great because that would get you all the other cups. You know what I mean? Like It would be great to have all this in one place. But even, but I'm saying, even if it's only Premier League that they're showing, they could essentially, like, like you know, restaurants charge you in America stupid bullshit service charge to be like, we our employees need health insurance, and we're like, we agree, and they're like, and we think you should pay for it. <laughs> like, if the concern about the 3 p.m. broadcast thing is that lower clubs will die, give them a part of the pie, and that objection goes away. Yeah. They'd be making so much money. Like, imagine a sixth division club getting money from this broadcast deal. It'd be more money than they make in two seasons right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, it would be, like, none of this makes sense. Like, even if you have the goal of trying to support lower league football, which I think is a worthy goal, it's like, this isn't the way to do it. This is just a way to, like, flush money down the drain every weekend. Why not just have lower league times scheduled at times Premier League games aren't scheduled and like have there almost be like a hemispheric divi- division with when they'll be broadcast? There is an interesting point to be made there because I think like some of the whole issue comes down to this. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know what you want to call it, if it's a tradition or whatever, but lower league games are almost always at 3 p.m. So they have like 90% of their games at that time, which is why theoretically, having the Premier League off like that, it's like very valuable to them, but I just don't buy it. But they could do noon, they could do like matinee matches for all lower league games. You're not going to support multiple lower league clubs unless you're truly a loser and have nothing else to do with your life. But like <laughs> in, in this case, then then the Premier League games are on closer to prime time here, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's also late enough that you get the America viewership and then you've got all the lower leagues in the morning when people go out, like maybe they do like breakfast when they, you know, right before they go to the match. I, I think that that makes sense. It would require a little reorganization. Yeah. But like, let's not just do the same stupid shit that works for nobody, <laughs> arguably. 
Right. What did you think of Edinburgh? Let's talk about that. Oh man, Edinburgh is it's a really cool place. Like it's this it's this very Scottish, very mountainous kind of city. There's like hills everywhere and then there's also something about just the architecture and the way it's built into the mountainside like there's this verticality to the city where you can you can think that you're on the like we saw a comedian do a bit about like getting directions on his phone and then he like thinks that he's there but he doesn't seize it and he looks and it's like three stories below him somehow and it's somehow that kind of city like there's a little bit of magic to it um we didn't we didn't get too too touristy like we didn't go in the castle or anything like that but i i I kind of like that stuff from afar anyway. Um, so we, we, you know, we saw this beautiful, probably thousand, 15 year old, hundred year old castle, whatever it is. Um, and then there's a bunch of like more modern buildings and it just had, it was great. Like it, it reminded me of like a Scottish version of South by Southwest, but like South by Southwest 10, 15 years ago, you know, when it was like pretty fun. I never got to go. I like, I always wanted to go and I wanted someone else to pay for it. I know. I never had anyone else pay for it, and that's what I really wanted. I'm, I'd still take that. Like, it wouldn't be as fun now, but I would definitely. I'd be willing to use any expense account at my disposal, really. So, potential employers out there, not only would Jeff love some freelance creative mm-hmm. direction and copywriting, he would love for you to send him to South by Southwest. If you have an extra spot, you're looking to burn. Yeah. I've actually, and I've never. This is true, actually. I've never tried Delta One yet. So that's just, I don't know, maybe. Wait, is that a type of THC or is that a type of flight? <laughs> Delta One is like, it's it's an attempt to sell first class to people who aren't allowed to buy first class. It will work for about a week, but basically it's like, it's this sort of holistic approach to the higher tier seating, but they're not calling it business class or first class or whatever, or premium economy, because I think on some level, they're hoping that people take their chances expensing it. And that it's not going to be a category that is denied yet. Do you think part of it is that like the dated terms are like almost like class war terms, like first class, business class, coach? I mean, yeah, they are literally like something a seventeen-year-old communist would write, like in their <laughs> fan fiction. Um, so I don't think that's helping anyone. But I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, if they actually are like trying, then maybe good for them for like coming up with a new name and not getting bogged down in the past. What about, why don't we just call it uh, people, people, better people, best people. That would make sense. You could just do like people and then better and best and let people sort of fill in the blanks there. That would be subtle, I think. We I think if do... you're in the back, you'd be like, oh, I'm just people. Huh? Hmm? What if we did first class mid-tier and then everton would be like the 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 back end of the plane yeah this is mid (laughs) everton has lots of baggage and and a lot of dead weight on that flight (laughs) it's just babies and grandparents what what else did you like about edinburgh i wanted to talk about the scran they did have good scran i had i had a haggis and egg sandwich and it was delicious reminded me of scrapple for my uh mid-atlantic listeners do we know what the official meaning of scran is? Yeah, I think it just means like it's like it's like the equivalent of grub, like in a western. We gotta rustle up some grub, like ah, right, we gotta fix up some scran. It's funny how scran sounds weird, but when you think about it, grub is a single bug. Yeah, true. They both are like words that sound disgusting when they're used to describe describe food. I feel like that's not on accident. I enjoyed the scran as well. I enjoyed it. I uh, I said yes, Scran to the to the breakfast. But do you uh, think Scranton, Pennsylvania, was originally <laughs> called that because it was like a good town to stop in for some Scran? And they're like, yo, yeah, oh, over in Scran Town, a good town for some some bagels, some uh, Thomases. Yeah, <laughs> have a good English muffin in there, or should I call it Freedom Muffin? Weird. But then would it, would it still be a muffin, or does muffin have a different equivalent over here? Like how well, a freedom muffin is an English muffin to an American in the Revolution, in it. This hour probably talked. I thought a crumpet was a dessert because we have butterscotch crimpets. Oh yeah, that's different. Those are delicious though, like a great baked junk food. But I thought I thought a crumpet is a savory like. I think it's more like a 
biscuit. You know, it's like, mm. it's something. Oh, no, no. A crumpet is like, it's like an English muffin, but better. It's like, it's someone, it's like if you made an English muffin out of a pancake, because you can cook it in a pan. And then it has these like, all the like, there's like these little dots of air that come up. And there's like, so there's like these tubes of empty space and this like dense pancake. It's really good. Isn't it funny how so how many foods air is a huge part of the food? That's true. I feel like just getting the right amount of air into stuff like that's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like the, with the whisk or you know what I mean? Like getting the texture right. Cookies are like that. You gotta have like the melted cake. butter, you know, but not melted, but like softened butter or whatever. But what else? What else is good? Like even like some snack foods, like a Dorito 3D is nothing <laughs> if not like flavor around air. I do think like that is a big consideration with any sort of flavored snack is like, I don't know. I just remember my biology teacher in high school doing a diagram about the ratio between surface area and volume. And because somebody asked her, why aren't our cells bigger? Which is a disgusting thought. But she basically said, because the rate, you know, like a three by three cube, the ratio, the volume is nine. Uh, one by one cube, the volume is one. You know what I mean? So it's like the ratio is off because the outside of that three by three cube is huge or is not big as big. And so basically like you want it to be tiny and God, I thought that there was a reason that was going to connect to another thought I had. What were we talking about right before that? Scran. We were talking about scran, Jeff. Oh, oh no. We were talking about the air and food, but I do think like the getting the right size of the junk food so that it can be coated as much as possible in the flavorings but also provide a bit of tender mouthfeel when you act, you know, it needs to be the right size to eat. A little TMF. TMF. All right, I know it's not Edinburgh specifically, but what is your best snack of the trip, best snack of the area, because you live here generally? Oh man, best snack of the trip. We've had a lot of, we've, we've done some snacking. Um, We're becoming the Doughboys right now, that's what this is. We, uh, we were staying in an Airbnb in Edinburgh that had a giant glass jar of some sort of like local caramel bars. It's kind of like the consistency of a Nutty Buddy bar, if you know those, but with a caramel flavor instead of peanut butter. And then there were some that were like a crumb finish, if you will. And then there were some that the were coconut, like coated in chocolate. Crumb. Was it coconut crumb? There was coconut. Because I didn't I taste had one that much coconut. It's ground up coconut, but I, I thought it was good. It wasn't like a mounds. It wasn't well, like a disappointment. I don't remember the brand, but if you if this sounds like your Scottish confectionery company and you would like to sponsor Meet the Sockers for just a dollar a day, we could no, um, we could tell them your actual brand name. We could look it up. But anyway, Skylar did walk in on me. I was like cleaning out my backpack from the trip today, and then he saw me unloading like a handful of these bars that apparently like as a last ditch effort to extract value for our Airbnb, I just grabbed like a ton of these snacks that they had kindly left. The to cheap part of me. Yeah. To our Airbnb hosts. Uh, thank you for the stay. We were very tidy and clean. So yes, we did take all of your snack bars. I was in such a weird place mentally because I've spent the last like month before you got here with, um, my Vietnamese mother-in-law who saves everything and is actually like, like the other day she, we were at the dinner table and she was like, these napkins are too big. What are we having a party? And then she sat with scissors and she cut all the napkins in half so that we could get double the use out of them. And so of course, like imagine what she would have done with the limited but unlimited, I mean, a small but unlimited theoretically buffet presented to us at our Airbnb. So I was like, oh, I should take this loaf of bread and bananas home. This the two yeah, most fragile like, food stuff. Like, don't don't do that. Don't don't take the bananas <laughs> like, from Skylar. Let me have the most fragile foodstuffs in human existence, and I'll drag them on a train for eight hours from Scotland to London. Yeah, a sleeper train, which we could also mention that because that was its own little Hogwartsian experience. I was enchanted by it. I slept like a baby and I would like to travel large swaths of the country via sleeper train at some point in my life. Skylar, how was it for you? It felt a lot like the Arsenal United match in that Jeff, <laughs> Jeff thought it was great when it was all over and it was mm. the longest two hours of my life. Uh, 
no, it was it was it was a fine way to travel because we got to see one more show while we were in Edinburgh. The great Sophie Santos, yeah, friend of the pod. Would you say now that I've met her and enjoyed Chinese takeout with her? They totally crushed. Uh, we got to meet Sophie's partner. We we got to hang out and that hear cool. about sort of what it's like to host a show in Fringe Fest. Yeah, it turns out expensive from what expensive, I got. Expensive, difficult, uh, but. I don't know. Sophie crushed it. So ultimately worth I'm, it if you're talented. I'm sure a great investment for her in particular. It would be, uh, that would be sad if you were one of the people that went, worked really hard, spent a ton of money, and then just like bombed to no one for a month. And then you're like, well, at least I'm 10 grand in debt. It would be kind of like hosting Meet the Soccers. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but we're not 10 grand in debt. This would be a great place for me to hit the outro music, just like. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, no, we're not ten grand in debt, uh, but we're some. Are we in debt at all? I thought we had mostly just paid for a few expenses. Have we had any revenue? <laughs> do we? Do we have any sort of a? Do we don't have any sort of corporate credit card you haven't told me about or anything? No, we have my personal credit card, <laughs> and I believe yours in some. And mine as well. Um, but. You know, since we want to do a good podcast, yes, and uh, we want to compare and contrast with our peers and our superiors, superiors, um, which I yeah, I just abbreviated. We are going tomorrow in London to see Talk of the Devils, the Athletics Manchester United podcast live. Do you think when they booked this? Because I'm just putting this together. This is a Manchester podcast that has in booked in London right after the game. That can't be by happenstance, right? I think the journalists live in London and commute for the matches. That's what I think. Okay. Because, I mean, we were saying this the other day, but I think probably one of the top five, if not top ten teams in London is Manchester United in terms of like support. But it does feel a bit... Like a bit of hubris to have a giant live podcast record in enemy territory just after the game. So, well, I don't know if anyone would pay thirty dollars to show up to a theater in Manchester for this. True, but I I do wonder uh, that answer that question. Uh, which club has the most fans in London? Because if they're including clubs outside of London. You know, yeah. it's somewhere on that list, right? For sure. But Please tell me Arsenal's it. the best. Please. I can't find it because that specific question hasn't been asked on Google. This is London has more question. Arsenal fans. It's a fact. Chelsea that has more international fans. Um, some article in the sun, but it's just, it's such a specific question to be trying to get a data set for of all football fan, all football clubs globally fans. Yeah. Or even like this one is doing one of my least favorite journalistic practices of like making a map, but going by the political borders of the map and being like, Oh, did you know that like people in this giant area called Texas, like are racist? And it's like, well, uh, Texas is a big place. It's not, you know what I mean? Like just be, I, I don't know. I hate this. So this one basically has like each county's favorite team and London is counted as a county and it's Arsenal. But um, would you believe a Virgin media poll with an audience of 1500 people? If it was for football, mm, I would take it with a grain of salt. I think it's going to miss. I think that's like a relatively small sample size and London is a crazily diverse place, but it would be interesting. I think this uh, sorry, the poll reveals that 18% of Manchester United fans in the UK live in London, compared to only 14% in Manchester. Of course, London, much bigger population. So there's uh, more United supporters in London than there are in Manchester. Probably. That's, I mean, Is that what that like means? 1,500-person poll, if, like, if you can believe it. United I buy it. Rivals. I mean, because... Yeah. By the way, same, same is true for Liverpool. I buy it just because, like, London is such a crazy, like, it's just such a different, like, level of city to anything else in the UK, really. Like, every other city in the UK is, like, a 
big town, whereas London is like, I mean, pretty much by any standard, a massive, massive city. But so, fifty-five percent of the Premier League fans support their local club and live around eighty-three miles on average away from the location of their club's ground. That's pretty far. Yeah, that's wild. It's definitely it's different than the sort of mental image you get of like the Coronation Street where you know all the like dads and sons go walk off down the road. I think I mean, but realistically, how many people do you know that have that? It's like it, that's like the fantasy or the dream, but the real life is you're just on a toilet by yourself scrolling endlessly on like Reddit gunners. <laughs> right. You you could have been born a mile away from Emirates, but through your life you probably had to move further away just to afford to live in London. True. But then that doesn't answer why Manchester United fans well, no, but I think it also has the opposite effect where, like, people move here for a job, you know, because they're... Uh, Everyone lives here. Manchester is a wasteland. They don't have a restaurant yet. You know, it's tough, but... They have to put an article in the in the Manchester Evening News when you and I visit. That's how... <laughs> to be fair, I, I saw a much different and better side of Manchester when I went with uh, Rich and um, and Dick. So people listening definitely know who those people are. Um, But also, if you are a fan of the pod and you live in Manchester, this is your chance to give us an agenda for the next time that we visit Old Trafford. I would love for us to have a great Manchester experience. I am 0 for 3 at this point. I feel like we're going to get recommended, like, chip shops that closed 10 years ago or, like, like like a... sort of money laundering front that isn't like nobody eats in that restaurant and you should know that. Do you think there'd be some like football player pun chip shop that that we would get to go to like a Nemanja vid chips? Oh man, you should do that. You should go around and rename all the like restaurants in Manchester after Manchester legends. Nemanja Matte chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Are you, so what is your, so yeah, hubris aside, are you at all interested about this podcast from a football podcasting perspective? I am just interested, yeah, in like benchmarking against how another group does it. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm totally interested. I'm always interested to see like whenever something else is working for someone. I think this this is going to be way more scholastic and way less top bats than. Oh, really? than ours or even the other good football podcasts. It's way more like the journalists. It's going to be like, uh, let me, Lori Whitwell will be one of them. Carl Anka will be the other. I know the names of the journalists just because they're the ones writing the articles. Hmm. So Um, you think it'll be, but that's like, these are like people who usually break stories. Like these are like Ornsteins of the world, but it won't be like some like tactical analysis kind of thing. They'll talk a little bit about that, but it's still pretty pretty readable as as far as uh, the articles go. So I would I think they're just going to tell us the story of what happened and explain kind of what happened from right. an idea perspective. Right. Um and maybe what's what's wrong talking about any interview comments like that kind of stuff. But I think you're going to probably hear just as much about Arsenal as you will about United, just from the fact of the rawness and the recency. Yeah, I imagine it'll be, it'll also be interesting to hear, like, I don't know. I think it's so easy to develop blind spots within your own club or develop like players that you just, you can't see their faults. And it'll be interesting to hear, I don't know, our players as discussed by United scum. Oh, the journalists are actually pretty <laughs> fair. You think they'll be, <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. Because a lot of them were United Are they fans? Okay. I mean, you become kind of a fan through following. I don't remember about, I think Carl Anka, maybe Laurie Whitwell, I think has just been, I think Laurie Whitwell might be a fan of another club, actually, if I remember. Oh, interesting. Um but they're great. They're great at analyzing what they see, and that'll be it'll be fun for that reason. I mean, worst case scenario, we're getting food near Leicester Square. Is there anything good there? Ooh, everything good there. It's Chinatown. 
Then it sounds like we're going to be doing Chinese or Indian food or something. There's some good stuff. It's good Vietnamese. There's good Japanese there. Good. Mm. All right, we are at the one hour mark, Jeff. So I would love it if the last little topic is positive for both of us. Oh, that'll be different. Rest of the trip or favorite thing in the rest of the trip, which I just came up with that. Best of the trip, rest of the trip. That's a good rhyme. I have not. <laughs> I'm not sure if I know what it means. You're just picking one thing. That so pick one thing from the past. Best of the, the Edinburgh trip? trip or the best of the Skylar coming to London Me. trip. You. Best of the Skylar part. Um, uh, but is it so many? Just to see you. Best thing from the past or the immediate future. Best thing from <laughs> what? That's what it is. It's the best thing from the trip so far or the rest of the trip to come. I mean, honestly, like getting to see Arsenal United together is something that like so many planets had to align for that. Things that happened outside of even our plan for this trip had to fall in place and it did. So that was pretty cool. And uh, I'm glad that we won and not you. And that was also awesome. So I would say that might be that moment might be in a best of the trip for me. Would understand if it was a little further down the pecking order for you. But I can't wait to say goodbye to you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> can't now, escape. Uh, the truth is that I think my favorite part of the trip has been us playing Diablo 4 locally. I was going to say, I have really enjoyed that as well. Um, Skylar has got, gotten me from a non-player. you could uh, Not a non-player character. I wasn't an NPC. I was just a non-player <laughs> to um, a player. To a level 26, I believe, Necromancer. <clears throat> You're, and I think you might be 27? 27? Oh, wow. Losing track. Look at that. You're too old for Leonardo DiCaprio to date. Um, <laughs> oh, I, oh, let me let me edit my answer. Actually, the other favorite part of the trip was seeing Jeff's improv group oh. non-recyclables. After all of the comedy I saw on this trip, which was uh, oh, quite a bit. Yeah. And we actually, Jeff and I went to comedy the other night and we ended up being we uh, were the comedy of, we were the comedy so i wanted to give a quick shout out to nathan cassidy at the nathan cassidy uh and ollie horn at ollie horn comedy both of them uh thoroughly engaged us during their sets <laughs> At one point, I literally thought I shouldn't share more information because this is almost all you need to get a credit card with my name on it. I mean, like Jeff, like what kind of stuff was happening? Don't you don't have to give your social, but like what? Uh... They did ask at one point, like, so wait, because uh, this is actually like an interesting crowd work thing that I hadn't seen before. But he would ask people their last names because I feel like for so many people there is some sort of like history or thing to that, and so. My last name is weird. My last name is Vitkin. So he was like talking about it quite a lot, but I don't know. He, uh, yeah, he really went in on that. And he, he had people exploring your portfolio website. Oh yeah. Cause he like, he saw, he like went to my Instagram. Then he, at one point he asked my mother's maiden name. Didn't like that. Um, but like <laughs> he, he was, yeah, he was all over. And then he was like, he went from the Instagram. I mean, it shows you how easy I am to stalk because I have my stuff out there. So like he went to my Instagram that led him to my website. Then he was like, Oh, maybe actually maybe I see you have this like spot here with LeBron James. I might need your help. I'm going to talk to you later. The worst part was that he knew that you and I both worked in advertising. And he's like, Jeff worked on a spot with LeBron James. I forgot to mention that I too have worked on a spot with LeBron <laughs> James. That would have been funny. You meant you mentioned an obscure ice cream company. And then he was like, moving on. <laughs> I also said Apple. And then one of the, can be, I can't remember if it was, I might've been Ollie. It was like, what do Apple need to advertise for? Has everyone here heard of Apple? And I was like, because I did Got a good it. job. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I know. It was a rare moment of sounding funny to anyone that lives here. Um, this has been a good trip, Jeff. Yes, it has. Thank you for all the things. You've been very, very kind and been an amazing house guest. You hear that, single ladies? I am awesome. Uh <laughs> So to all the single ladies, this is Skylar and Jeff. Sorry. I, you know what? I don't know what kind of partner he would make single ladies. I'm not endorsing that. He makes a good house guest, but that's very different than a marriage. So isn't that the, it's basically the same, but longer duration of stay. 
it is i think i do think vaguely as a man you're not quite a guest you're like you're an elevated status of that but like it is a little bit like being a guest you're like oh, am i allowed to put my towel over here is this um all right you, you use it first um okay there's always a standing back rub available i'm great <laughs> All right, should we say goodbye? Should we say we should goodbye? Say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers. A sucker podcast that probably won't last. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers. Skyler and Jeff don't know how to. Ryan? 